Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. I am your host, Hunter Smith. To my right is the man who just on the way over here said... Gosh dang it. I can't believe I paid $6 for this much meat. For the, for only $6, I'm happy with this amount of meat. <laughs> Mr. Austin Smith. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? So, if you're new to this podcast, we are, in fact, talking about Hero Clicks. Really? Good for me. <laughs> the game, the enigma, the phenomenon uh, based around superheroes. Uh, today, we are going to... It's been a while since we've had a podcast, technically. I guess I mean, for our listeners, they don't know the difference. For us, it's been... We had a week been, off, yeah. basically, because we uh, we recorded two weeks ahead since we had the big Dial H tournament last weekend. So we're going to talk about that. For our schedule today, we are going to discuss the Flash Gravity feed. Kind of each give our maybe top three picks of what you should get out of the Gravity feed. And this will actually be the last Gravity feed. We'll talk about that when we get to that part. Uh, we're going to do a little Hunter's Hidden Gems for the Marvel 10th Anniversary set. And do a recap of our tourney, and then do the few spoilers. They're actually, for, for us having two weeks off... There was, like, nothing There's spoiled. not that many spoilers, but we will get into those as well. And then we'll get some mailbag, because we have two weeks' worth of mailbag built up. Oh, so dear God. let's start up with the news and spoilers. Let's go... First, I just wanted to bring up that the uh, there is a video of an unboxing for the Flash main set. And I'm sure most of you guys have seen it by now. If you haven't, I will put it in the podcast description. I'll put the URL. But he gets... Uh, is, it, is it Scott Coker? Is that the guy's name? Maybe uh, I, I'm getting my MMA and my hero Scott clicks. Porter. Porter. Close. Scott Coker is a fighter. Um, got to unbox a case of The Flash. He did a, he did a good video on Deadpool back um, a few months back. And now he's got some... Flash, he got two separate bricks. He opened up a lot of boosters. Highlights would be that the sculpts look great. Oh my gosh, these sculpts are awesome. Just from going off the video, I'd say this is probably the best sculpted <laughs> set ever. I'm going to hold... That's hard because you, you love Mage Knight, buddy. It's, you really do. The sculpting on Mage Knight, I mean, is ridiculous. And every time I play a Mage Knight piece, like including last night, I played uh, Shift Ravager, who I play all the time now. And everybody, every time I play a Major Night piece, people are like, damn, that's cool. that's not, like, it really is. I'm oh, not, yeah. we're, me and Drew aren't just fanboys. It really is the best sculpted set. So I got to say, from just from first glance off of these sculpts, though, from the video, it Flash looks even better. Especially uh, that Mirror Master is a little, little sexy. They all look good, but yeah, the Mirror Master especially. So if you guys are really excited and you haven't yet seen this video, check out the podcast description. Um, and you can see some of these sculpts that we're talking about. Highlights, I would say uh, the authority sub-theme seems pretty well spread out. There's like two in the common, one uncommon, one rare, one super rare. It's pretty spread out. I think engineer was the super rare. Yeah, and they did a good... There's a very good variety in this set. Like, I don't recognize a very large portion of this set, honestly. Every single person... every or Sorry, every single speedster that has ever existed... Pretty much in this set is liter like Flash Family Speedster is in this set. Even that ZX or XZ or chick who I've seen like in one panel of one comic in my 25 years of reading comics, history of reading comics. Like 
she is in it. Like, everybody is in it. When they said Flash Family, they really meant Flash Family. Um, I remember seeing a statistic. I don't remember the exact number, but I'll just make a rough guess. It's like 50-something, I think, if you're talking about unclicked figures. Yeah, about 75% of the whole entire set are characters that have not yet been clicked. And you're not getting a ton of versions of the same people either. Like, there's only... There's one Barry. There's one Jay. And then the the Gravity Feed versions, obviously. Um, And all the Primes, except for... All the Primes are speedsters, too. So, Mm -hmm. um, you get an alternate version. You get the Rival at the common slot for... uh, Jay. Jay. And then you get Bizarro Flash. We don't know what the other two are, but Professor Zoom has a Prime... And so does Wally. I'm going to assume that Wally's prime is Zoom, but I don't know. I mean, I, I assume Reverse Flash maybe would be I a thought prime. Rever- no, Reverse Flash is in the normal set. He's not a okay. prime. So, Which, that sculpt's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Um, as far as chases, there are only three. They are the Trinity of Sin. They are Switch Clicks. And, and they the, go on the team base. Yeah, the sculpts are the exact same sculpt as the team-based ones. The coloring, the painting's a little different. Like, the question, um, his colors, I noticed, were more of his, like, New 52 um, colors. They just got a new book. It's okay so far. There's only one issue. But Yeah, um, I'm kind of bummed because I don't like them putting stuff at chase slots that's like that. I thought they were going to be more collectible pieces as opposed to, hey, these figures haven't been seen outside the con circuit. Let's go ahead and do our first versions of them in a main set as chases and make them switch clicks for the con team. <laughs> Actually, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Like, I'm so I since we've had the transcend for since it came yeah, out. Yeah, we just didn't. I just I never thought about the fact that yeah, it was con exclusive. And so they're like, "Oh, we're going to give you another chance to get those uh, three characters that we haven't clicked for Five years. Let's make them chases. The I other that. disheartening thing about the unboxing video, which we don't know exactly, but he did open two bricks and he pulled a prime in both. We don't know if that's going to be. We don't know if both those bricks came from the same case or not. Um, so we don't know if that's going to be an exact representation of the fact that it might be one chase per two cases or one per case or what yet. If it's a chase per two cases, let's let's. Start flipping Feel, tables. Go ahead and grab your pitchforks because it is warranted for once. <laughs> for once, the HC Realms pitchfork burden whiz kids to the ground call to action will actually be legitimate. I would just once. like to say I've made a fortune off the pitch off of pitchforks <laughs> on the stock market. I mean, like you just sit there and you set up a nice little stand by the roadside, and those HC Realmsers come along about any little thing. Yeah. Um, other than that, news-wise, we have two spoilers from Yu-Gi-Oh. We have Master Kianshi. Which I love the sculpt. It is pretty. Um, he looks a lot like the channelers from Dark Souls, if anybody's played Dark Souls. I would love to just, like, paint him normal. Because he's got, he's like bright blue skin tone. Paint him a normal skin tone and everything and use him as, like, a sculpt swap on, like, a martial artist generic or something. New keyword, I think. Vivian Wong. Have we seen that That's keyword That's a new yet? keyword. I think so. Earth and martial artist are his other keywords. He is only 45 points, and he brings a lot to the table for 45. This guy's a monster. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, not monster. He's a martial artist, but you get Oh, isn't that cute? He, uh, normal combat symbol, stealth, precision strike, 10 attack. And close combat expert with, with two, damage. two damage, a ten two forty five point with the combat expert, mm-hmm. and precision strike. So I mean, if you if you really just want to pump up the attack to twelve and get a guarantee, you're going up against somebody with a tough reducer. Pump it up to twelve, get the one guaranteed through there. He's also got sixteen reflexes. 
He has six click long dial. He gets steel energy on his bottom three clicks. Along with super senses. Yeah, and his attack goes up like to an 11 even on his click number six. Like And a three damage. This guy's well worth 45 points. Oh yeah, and that's even outside of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I mean, this yeah. isn't a bad 45 point piece at all. It's a, it would be a good martial artist figure to have in your arsenal. Um, then we have Fiberjar, who's really interesting. Similar to Cyberjar, uh, he has... Really crappy values and but no he, attack, no damage. But he has a very niche uh, spot with some interesting gameplay team building potentials. He's only thirty points. Joey Wheeler and Earth keywords. A trait called restart. When he's KO'd, heal all characters of one click. Other than that, he just has four clicks of phasing. Uh, zero attack on all clicks, zero damage on all clicks. Yes, on all clicks. Uh, energy change. shield, but he does have the first two clicks have perp, and the last two clicks have shape change. And he he's, is a he's a flyer, yeah. Yeah, so you can move someone a whole three squares, but yeah. So for 30 points, you've got a flyer, you've got a supporty piece, and then somebody who, when he's KO'd, all characters heal a click. So. You know who I'd like to play this with? Not bad. Hyperion. Run up and punch one of these for his four damage. You'd heal two clicks off of it. Yeah, that could be pretty dang cool. I just played King Hyperion last night, actually. I was just telling Austin. Pretty good. Better than I expected. For 30 points, I mean, like, the thing is, he's a support piece that if your opponents do go after, you're going to benefit from. How do you know it's not a she? I mean, look at that sculpt. It. it lo- it's broccoli. It does look like broccoli. <laughs> then we have old Pete Wisdom. Now I love this figure. Austin. Did not know who Pete was. I have no idea who he is, but I love the figure. Pete Wisdom, last time they clicked him... What's it? I know he didn't get clicks in GSX. I'm going to say Mutations and Monsters or something. Let me pull out my phone. I think Mutations Monsters. That's what I'm putting my money on. I know they didn't do him in GSX because a lot of people were upset that they didn't. Yeah, Mutations and Monsters. That's his only other clicks, is Mutations and Monsters. Which, he's a pretty popular um, X-Men universe character. He has Excalibur, Spy, and X-Force keywords. He goes on the Excalibur team base. He has a trait, I'm in charge now, love. Pete Wisdom may be attached to the Excalibur team base instead of Captain Britain. Good, fuck Captain Britain. While Pete Wisdom is attached, if Excalibur could use Captain Britain's asset powers, it can use Pete's instead. See, while I hate that Captain Britain figure... His asset power is really good. Yes. As we found out when I brought him to the dugout the other day, finally played the Excalibur team base. That asset Captain power Britain is brutal. Is, his asset power is nuts. Uh, Pete's is when targeted with an attack, this team character may replace its defense value with the defense, printed defense value of the attacker. What kind of defense value does Excalibur normally sit on? I don't know. Let's bring that up because otherwise I don't know when it's actually really that useful mm-hmm. pretty low 18 17 16 yeah for 350 points you're looking at an 18 so um maybe you will actually use it what about it's <coughs> do any of the asset abilities grant combat reflexes or esd yeah uh ref, uh nightcrawler gives reflexes and that's it I mean, I see potential there. That's not bad. Aside from the team base, um, I like the figure for his regular powers and everything. He has sharpshooter, five range double bolts. He has outwit, running shot, 
special attack power um, where he can use Psychic Blast, and when he does and hits an adjacent character, because he has Sharpshooter again, when he hits an adjacent character, increase the damage dealt to that character by one. Smacking somebody for four to the face when they're adjacent to you from range, basically. He has ten attack. He gets an eleven on a middle click there with a perplex. Um, yeah, he loses that wit and, and gets perplexed instead. He's a short dial. He's only five clicks for 100 points, but he's not too bad. It's just he's nice to have He's not a bad pop-off, throw a shot, pop-back-on kind of figure, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, popping off and getting out mm-hmm. wit is and Psychic Blast. Oh, yeah. Two things that when I'm playing a team base, I'm always like, what do I, who do I pop off if I need to get through reducers? That's always in my head. To get through reducers, who do I want to pop off? Well, here's what I like. Look at his dial. His red click is click one, but his blue click is click two. And all he loses on his blue click is one defense, one movement. Mm. He keeps the same attack and damage values and the same powers. So what I would do is I would pop him off, like, when you have someone adjacent to you already, let him take a side blast shot for four damage at somebody right there, and then pop him back off. His orange pop-off's not bad either, because he has sidestep, ten attack with the special psychic blast, and then... Herp and two damage. Herp, two damage, 16 reflexes. Yeah, he's not bad. Short dial, but good for what he's used for. Also in the news section, we will talk about the Dial H tournament that we had. We had a pretty good turnout, 25 players, um, people from all around Indiana. I don't think we had anybody travel from outside of Indiana. Yeah, it seemed like we had a lot of people from, we had a group from Greenfield, we had some guys from down south, um, but mostly I think it was pretty much all Indiana. And then, um, yeah, like I said, 25 people, we had... Nobody did. I don't think anybody actually went fully undefeated. I'd have to look at my thing, but basically the format was you play three rounds. You I'd cut to the top eight, and from there on out it goes single elimination. And after we cut, we the people who got cut out stayed, played games. We did a bunch of prizes. Other people donated a few more prizes. We um, ended up having Ethan. I had to look up his last name because I can't remember off the top of my head what his last name was. Um, Ended up winning. Let's bring it up. I'm going to link it in the podcast description if you want to see. I have some pictures and stuff too. Or you can check out, actually, better off checking out our Facebook group if you want to see all the pictures, our Facebook page. But Ethan Powell took first place. And so our format was 300 points, um, modern age, anything goes. Pretty much, um, we had a pretty diverse like group of it teams was. for that. There were a lot of batteries, <laughs> and there were a lot of entities. But all other than that, yeah, other than that, the, the actual characters were pretty diverse. Ethan's team was Cerise with Ion, Banshee with Parallax, and Despotelis with Adara, and then the Green Battery, and an old woman Puck. Harry, our friend uh, Harry Dempsey, got second place. He had I really liked his team, Shatterstar. With Catwoman from DC 10th Anniversary, the one that shuts down resources within so many squares, Headpool, and then they all had entities on them as well. He had uh, Ion on Shatterstar, Butcher on Catwoman, Adara on Headpool. With the New Mutants ATA? And, yeah, so the key with his team is he's putting uh, New Mutants on there so that Shatterstar can... Headpool can mastermind yeah. to Headpool. He puts the wild card bubble on Headpool, copies the New Mutants ATA, and then transfers the damage from Shatterstar to Headpool, who can only take the one damage. And then a green battery to lock down uh, other teams. Yeah. Now, actually, this looking at this kind of makes me think. 
Um, map choices. I really like that system. Honestly, seeing people restricted to three mm. maps, we talked about that a little bit. We we've talked about it on the podcast. We all liked it. I think it went really well in um, in action. In action, I I had forgotten that they changed the rock rules to where you can't use the orange. Even if it doesn't say not for tournament play, you can't use the orange text or squares in ROC format anymore. They're just clear terrain. Um, so first round we actually played that incorrectly and then second round we caught it and and fixed it i don't think i didn't hear anybody complaining that it really messed them over too much but for yeah i a lot of people ran ranks which we talked about on the podcast before uh drew actually mr drew alderson who can't be with us today i forgot to mention drew's working uh he's throwing a victory celebration for himself that's true he's like drew got a third uh, tied for third place he played Bizarro and Resurrection Man with full Phoenix Force. So congrats Only to Drew. Mr. Drew Alderson. <laughs> Alex Nunn got fourth place with Weaponer, actually, surprisingly. Weaponer with two entities on him. Um, entity and Predator. And then uh, three-point Pog. White, and white battery. White battery so that the three-point Pog can heal up Weaponer. Um, other than that, we had a pretty, like Austin said, we had a pretty diverse team. We had a lot of um, Parallax doing well. We had a lot of Parallax, or sorry, Sinestro Core batteries were doing really well. In fact, there was one guy who for the first, for the qualifying rounds, like, won, Matt won, like, out the gate. It was like, shut out, shut out, shut out. Nobody could hit his Sinestro Core. He was playing uh, Parallax, Kyle Rayner, Despotellus, Sinestro Battery, and Decoy and all that stuff. And just, you know, the combo, it's really tough even with Pulse Wave because Pulse Wave doesn't shut down the Sinestro Emotional Spectrum Power, or any of those Emotional Spectrum Powers. Yep. And we <clears> just <throat> talked about on last our last episode, if you guys listened, we talked about how good that the Sinestro could potentially be on one-man armies, and Parallax Kyle Rayner is even better because he gets plus ones from the ring, too, because uh, he has the keywords, so... It worked out well for him, but he ended up getting taken down. But we had another one. We had a couple other uh, Sinestro teams do well. And I'd say about half of our top 16 had entities. About almost all of them had batteries. But we had a pretty diverse amount of batteries. We had um, mostly green, but we had some Sinestro. We had a blue. Some white. We had a white. Uh, Were there any black? I don't think there was a black. I think it's the only one I don't remember seeing. And then there was a few power plants. So. I mean, like, honestly, I don't... And a red one, sorry. How many people played, like, the same... I don't think we had any duplicate teams, did we? No, not really. Um, we had... Yeah, I don't think we did. I'm gonna scan through here. I, I really don't think we did at all any straight duplicates. Chris Britton played a really cool Inhumans theme team and actually got top eight with it, but he ended up having to drop right And he's a fan of the podcast. Um, I really liked his team, too. But anyways, the point is, um, pretty diverse. Honestly, it's hard to tell. This format's different than the ROC that we'll be running Saturday. The current ROC season is 300, no tactics, no entity. In that, you're going to see different figures. But it was interesting for this, you know, post-Gen Con, now that War of Light has came out, it was interesting to see what With does well. With all the different well. colors, because we didn't have those at Gen Con. Yeah, and it... it 
Sinestro is there. You know, Sinestro is definitely something to be wary of if you're playing. You know, when you're building your team of having a solution, and I'm a- it makes Temple viable again. Yeah, we it- were talking about how shut down Temple was <laughs> with a couple of things, mm-hmm. and then up and uh, outside of Bizarro, I mean, we really. I don't think any. I I I wasn't expecting it to see Solid just Parallax and Sinestro. And I was maybe. expecting it to do well, but. I wasn't expecting it to do as well as it did. Like I said, <clears throat> I was watching Matt's scores, and he was just stomping a hole in everybody's ass. He was going up again. Like, nobody <laughs> could hit it. And I was watching a couple of his games, and it's like literally every game I was watching, like the opponent would need an 11 to hit him, or 10 yeah. or 11. Hell, speaking of that, our finals match. Plus missing shape change and all that. Our finals match went to the two-minute mark before something finally died. Yeah, so... Anyways, thanks to everybody who showed up for that. We're going to do that yearly. Don't know if we'll always do a rock. We may switch it up, you know, do different things. We may do like a booster format. Like everybody's $10 goes all to boosters and we just do booster surprises. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll go by feedback and see what we want to do. 100-person snake draft sealed format. We'll definitely be doing a tournament every year. Um, that's it for news. Let's move into hidden gems before we get into the flash primer. So, new segment, hidden Hunter's Hidden Gems. We did it last time. What set were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, what we do is I take a Modern Age set and I pick two figures out of it that don't get played a whole lot but are really, really good for their points and some people may not know about. And I wanted to go all the way back to the anniversary sets. I might do the DC one soon, too. Before, because I, I know what piece you're picking out of that one. I want to cover them before they get rotated you know, out of modern, but also because this has one of my favorite figures and one figure that I play all the time. So, Austin, when I say Marvel 10th anniversary, when I said, what, what would you say are the pieces that get played the most? Dark Phoenix. Definitely Dark Phoenix. World Breaker. Yep. Uh, the Chases. Well, specifically probably... Pick three that get played a lot. World Breaker, Dark Phoenix, and M10 Iron Man are probably the three big ones. Exactly. That's exactly what popped in my head was those three. Um, <clears throat> all three of them. In fact, Phoenix and Iron Man have seen a ton of meta play. Oh, yeah. A ton, no, ton of meta still. play. Still... World Breaker is one of those local meta pieces. He's never done one com- really well meta-wise, but he's like... When that set first dropped, though, he tore up. In certain like local games, depending on what the build is that week, like he can do ex- exceedingly well. Two figures I want to talk about. One of them, I'll start with the lesser of the two, is the Scroll Wolverine Chase. He's number 022. See, when people play these chases, usually I always see the Spider-Man. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen someone sit across from me at the Wolverine one. He has great keywords. Alpha Flight, Savage Land, Scrolls, Spy, Weapon X, X-Men. Mainly the Alpha Flight, the X-Men, the Scrolls keywords. Um, Alpha Flight gives him access to a really good ATA that can bump his uh, attack up. And now that we finally have X-Men ATAs, that lets opens up some other things for him, too, with it with that keyword as well. Um, And then on top of those keywords, he has the actual X-Men team ability and the Scrolls team ability. But the most important thing to note is his trait. Other friendly characters with the Scrolls keyword can use the X-Men team ability. And when you're playing a a bigger points game 
of scrolls, a bigger points team of scrolls, that trait is very, very useful. All of a sudden, you take some of those little 28 point scroll infiltrator guys, and they're buff, they're healing up, automatically healing up your super scroll chase, you know, or your black bolt scroll, or black bolt (laughs) scroll. Like some of these bigger scroll pieces, you have these little 20 point scrolls that are automatically easily healing up your big dudes. It can be pretty, uh, Pretty good, especially because a lot of the scroll pieces are really hard to hit in the first place. So it can be really frustrating. His um, Another thing I really like about his dial is he's really hard to hit on every click. Like if you if you throw in that the team ability, the scrolls team ability on top of it, he basically has two ways to dodge on like every click. Yeah, like he's, click he's one, a very annoying piece to Click one, he'll roll scrolls, then shape change. And then click three, he'll roll scrolls, then super senses. Four, he'll get scrolls, super senses. Like, click five is like the only click where he only gets one way to dodge. And it, the thing that sucks about those super, uh, three of those super senses clicks is he's also got regen on those. And this is one of those pieces that if you don't drop when his regen's up, like, you don't want to risk it because he's got super senses. You're like, oh, I don't want to waste a shot at him because he might roll super senses. But if you don't drop him, he's going to heal right back up, and you're going to have to do, go through like four times the effort to kill him. Mm-hmm. And Andy has Indom. He's not scared to push to regen. He has stealth to keep him safe. He has stealth on almost every click. He has a really good movement ability that gives him charge and stealth that and ignores hindering terrain. One of the very first characters that got the yep. improved movement, ignore hindering terrain. Um, he's just really... He's, he's sneaky good. I like to use that term a lot, and he is. He's sneaky good. He... He, if you look at his values, he has solid solid values for the points, but he's not you don't look at this dial and it jump off the page and be like, "Oh my god, this dial is so good." It's it's sneaky good. It's effective. It's a, it's annoying to play against and it's just it's just a really good piece for the points. Yep. Then talk about good for the points. Now this are you going to the other piece cuz this is one of my favorite pieces. My favorite storm by far. I've gotten so much play out of this piece. 007 Storm, the common storm, is a boss. And she, like, locally, with our guys, she gets played a lot just because we've all played her and we all know how stupid good she is for the points. So we play her a lot, but when I go to tourneys or I look at tourneys, like, I never, ever have seen this piece played, in, especially in an actual metagame tournament. I played the shit out of AVX every week she was on my X-Men team, or every month she was on my X-Men team. This Storm is only 59 points. She has 8 range. For modern age, 59 points. There's not many figures you're going to find that are 59 points or less and have 8 range. Especially ones that have a 10 attack, 3 damage, range combat expert. And stealth on top of that. So, I mean, she has flight, good team ability... You really want to keep her top click, you, and it's not hard to do, because you park her in stealth, she's got good value, she's got a range, she's just going to sit in stealth and take her shots. She'll carry somebody up with her to help speed your team yeah. along. But another important thing to keep in mind with this piece, aside from her cheap cost and her offensive capabilities, is because she can so easily hit people with the like you twelve three if, if yeah if you pump it up to a twelve three she's putting promotion tokens on her card easily and she has an excellent promote she a lot of people play this storm zero twenty rare storm is what the cheaper one can promote into and this storm is really good for the points too so I mean that's this is this is the only promotion figure that I've been able to consistently promote with yeah I. I 
I think I'd say the same. Like the one that well, when I really think through them, like when I think is... about like, do I promote more than fifty percent of the time? Yes, and it's definitely almost every time. Honestly, with this storm, if you keep it protected, if you yeah. let your your melee guys get in, tie up first. <coughs> and I know we talk about it a lot. Where there's certain pieces that, of course, resources improve pretty substantially. This is one piece where a resource goes miles. Like almost any resource, you could slap on her and get extra effectiveness out of to a ridiculous degree. So I definitely, definitely think 007 Storm is a hidden gem. And then keywords-wise, X-Men is really the only one you're going to be using her for theme-team-wise. But she also has Deity, Morlocks, and Ruler. And a 59-point Ruler figure. I want to bring that up because I love my Ruler theme teams. And that's a hard hard keyword to fill out that cheap. Mm -hmm. It used to be much harder before they changed the theme team rules. Now it's a lot easier. Uh, let's move into the Flash Primer review. Is that like the Flash's theme song? Did I miss the memo? You did. Oh. It was spelled only in dudes, though, and you had to figure <laughs> So, for those who haven't seen yet, actually, I saw these in stores yesterday, so I'm going to assume, unless Game Preserve is breaking street date, in which case I'll have to go back and edit this out so I don't get my friends in trouble. I think this is officially out on store shelves. I can safely say they don't ever break street date on anything. So, <laughs> so we have... Uh, I will put these in the podcast description, the URL for these. But all the gravity feed dials have been spoiled. This is, as we said earlier, the last gravity feed that will... I guess, I don't want to say ever, because who knows, they might bring him back. Also, I think for some reason at the slides, they said Avengers Assemble would have one. But for now, this is the only gravity feed. Or, last gravity feed for now. Um, It's not a bad one. No, it's... Honestly, this is one of the few gravity feeds I can say. If I did end up with, like, six or seven or eight of them or whatever, just bought, like, a handful of them, I'd be fine. Like, there's a lot of sets where, like, you'd do that and four of your figures would be junk. Almost like... Every gravity feed. Like, when we go to Dugout next Saturday, I think I'm going to buy a few. I think I'm going to buy at least, like, six or so of them and see what I get. Um, Because I really like a lot of these dials, and I want to own a lot of them. And there's a couple of these duplicates that would be great. And even the ones that aren't the strongest (laughs) seem really fun. Yeah. Like, the two flashes, for instance, 0-1 and 0-2, while they're not exceptional... I think 0-1 is pretty good. He's the one we talked about that that Drew was raving about. He's the J piece. The the J piece that has good you know has good um, offensive capabilities. Does and the charge knockback quake? All he that. can hypersonic quake and all that stuff. He's pretty good for his points, but like two o two flash, he's he's about average for his points, but he has a really cool power. In fact, it's so cool. I think I'll bring it up just in case you want to play this piece. Two o two the flash. This is actually Barry, I believe. Um, he has a really cool power called running laps around the world. He can use hypersonic speed. You remove a speed token from his card. I'm sure by now you guys are familiar with the speed token. Um, pretty much all the speedsters have the speed force tokens yeah. in this set. But his is you remove a speed token from his card, and once this turn, he can consider squares on the edges of the map to be adjacent to each other for movement purposes as long as they're in the same row or That column. is really freaking awesome. So like you could take you could start in your starting area for instance, 
and run out the back of run out the back <laughs> and into the opposite side of the map where your opponent's figures are and just streak all the way back down the map towards your side. That is the I honestly think that is one of the most thematic powers I think I've seen in a while. I mean, it's going to be fun to do. Oh yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be fun. That's what I'm saying. Especially it, when you're, you're this is the kind of power where your opponents go what and they look at your card and want to read it. Like I want to own this piece just so I can play it. Like this is a must-play piece for me, just for the the lulls. He's got the police keyword, so he's not bad. But uh, what Austin and I are, are Austin and I are going to do is give each give our top three, and we'll try not to overlap. If he says one that's on my list, I'll move on to the next one. So what what are what's one of your top three? Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with my personal favorite, which is probably going to be the uh, Argus Researcher. Um, I like my scientist teams a lot. And there's a consistent. If you had to say, what do scientist themes team or teams typically have a lot of? Enhancement, outwit, perplex, not very much damage. Um, that's about it. So okay, so Argus Researcher is a forty point figure. He's got stealth, energy shield, um, low damage value, and outwit on his first click. His dial is mostly the same. Second click and third click, he picks up prob. Um, what I like about him is. Scientist keyword, obviously, in Argus. Um, his special attack ability, though, he has for his first three clicks. Um, give him a power action. This turn, he can use improved targeting, ignoring elevated and blocking. And all friendly characters' range values are a minimum of eight when using outwit, perplex, and prop. And that's the thing. When you're looking at teams that are scientists, they have lots of Hank Pims, lots of Iron Man, stuff like that. <clears throat> Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Minimum range of eight. Well, we got that Marvel cease and desist on talking about Fantastic Four like everybody else oh, did, apparently. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, minimum range eight. We've talked about before, the the nerf of minimum range to six actually was a huge game changer, like, overall. Yeah. And getting back up to eight, that plus two on all range for that off a 40-point piece as a power action, I mean, like, that's great. And then he himself can outwit through walls and blocking, or elevated and blocking, which walls are blocking. Um, that's, that's awesome. I mean, he's not a great, like, I'm not going to just shove this guy on every team, but if I'm building a scientist team, it'd this, be nice to have one. It'd be great to, I could fill in 40 points. Yeah. I, I have no problem giving that up. I'm going to go, I, he was, he was on my radar too, but I don't know if I would have put him in my top three. Um, I'm going to go with Captain Boomerang. I really, really like, in fact, he may be my favorite out of the, the whole set. I like him. Or not set, but the whole gravity <laughs> feed set. Um, <clears throat> he actually has the Black Lantern Corps keyword as well. So this Yeah, is, when I noticed that, he went up in value to me a lot. So he's got uh, two point options, 115 or 55, both of which are really good. Six range, double bolts, no team, uh, Black Lantern Corps and Rogues keywords. He has a trait. So if you look at the dial on uh, HC Realms, or if you actually, like I said, if you have the figure so far, you'll be able to tell, but he has 10 clicks of life in a row, but it doesn't exactly play out normally. So what you do is um, he begins the game on his red starting line, which is going to start with sidestep, blades, toughness, and shape change. Uh, That's at 115 points. If he's 55 points, you can start him on either one. You can start him on the sidestep, blades, toughness, shape change, or you can start him on running shot psychic blast super senses with a ten and a three ten attack three damage. Okay, that makes him a lot better actually. That's so why I, I, I didn't like notice that. I for fifty five points, getting a rogues because of course rogues is going to be a fun keyword to play. 
getting a, a rogues figure, not to mention one as cool as Captain Boomerang, for 55 points that has top dial running shot psychic blast with good values like that, it's really, really good. You know good. what I like for 55 points? A Black Lantern core ranged piece with those values. So, yeah, or you can go the other route, and if you start him, like I said, he has sidestep blades, but right after the blades click for for the next three clicks, he instead has a ranged steel energy. Well, he can steal energy with close or ranged combat attacks. And when an opponent dies, he heals and removes an action token. Which is better than all the other Black Lanterns, because they just heal. They don't remove action tokens, too. I like him. And he needs to remove action tokens because he doesn't have willpower. But I think for 55 points, having the ability to play either one of those dials... People have paid... How much is the Scotty's Warbot? Well, or for 115 points to have 10 clicks of life for 115 points these days. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. No, definitely. Um, how much is Scotty's Warbot? 40? 30. 30? Okay, 55, you're getting a ba- basically a Scotty's Warbot top click and then the rest of the dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. That's a good point. I mean, I like it. And you're getting keyword. I mean, Rogue's keyword, which, like we said, I think is going to be a good Is this only Black Lantern not have Monster? Might be. That's a good point. So... Number two for you, Austin. Um, we got Captain Boomerang and Argus Researcher marked off our list. I'm going to mark off the one that I know you're going to say anyway. Oh, are you cock-blocking me, bro? I'm, I'm, I'm cock-blocking you. We're going with the Central City Police Officer. Uh, I'd, he's on my list, but I wasn't going to say him. Okay. So, this figure's dial is not that great. He has my interest, I'll say that. Yeah, this figure's dial is not that great. He's 40 points, police team ability, police keyword, Central City keyword, uh, four range. Cool. His dial, special movement power, smoke cloud, toughness, special damage power. Not bad. Um, however, his traits and special powers are what really make this figure. Um, his trait, when building your force... Note when building your force. It's not first or while he's on the map or anything like that. All characters with the police keyword have the central city keyword. Boom, right there. Police went from generic to proper theme team... Er, Named theme team. That's why he's on my radar. So for 40 points, you can give any police team now theme team props. Which we talked before how stripping that away from police was was painful. Oh, yeah. For most generic teams. Yeah. For all of them except Mystical, which is the opposite of what they should have strived to achieve. Yep. But that's another topic for um, another He has a an alright an all right, uh, movement power. If he's adjacent to a friendly character of the Central City, he can use Outweight as a power action. There... Is, Which is everybody if you're playing a police theme team yeah. because you just gave them all the keyword. Yep. And the thing is, like, Outwit, it, I wouldn't say it's super common in police. Like, there's figures with it. Like, you got your Gordon. It, you got your... It's not as common as you'd think. I'd say that much. Yeah. Especially Modern Age now because the um, what, one of the officers that used to have it rotated in Dark Knight Rises, the SOG one's going to rotate next rotation. I didn't even think about that. I was going to say the SOG one's the one I was thinking and, about. There's one other guy I thought heavily is about to retire too. It's it's honestly not as prevalent as it should be. So. And Atwood's very powerful on police teams because you're already mm-hmm. reducing their defense by three, almost guaranteed, almost every time. Yep. And then on top of that, you usually only have like one or two damage on each figure. All of a sudden, you're you're hitting them consistently for two, three damage with multiple figures, and they have no defense, or you get rid of their energy explosion. I mean, like there's a lot of options with Atwood that particularly police loves. And then what I really like is his damage power for a 40-point piece. He can use leadership, but only to remove an action token from an adjacent character with the police keyword, regardless of point value. Yeah, that's big. 40-point police strip on a token. that We've talked about universal leaderships before and how good they are. 
regardless of point value, a 40-point piece. I mean, you're playing the, the Justice League Fast Forces 125-point flash. That's really good. That has a flash yep. uh, police keyword. And now Central City. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, or Central City. And um, uh, Banshee. Oh, yeah. Police That's keyword. another good one. Um, I like him with Devil Bats, too. I, Devil Bats a little expensive. He's one of those pieces that really needs... Another thing, we don't have all the dials spoiled for the Flash set yet. I actually don't have very many at all. There could potentially be other pieces in the set that have something, some kind of power that gives other things to characters with the Central City keyword. Oh, yeah, true. So it could be... This could be a potential linchpin in a combo. We'll have to see... But uh, I, I would I'd just say I wouldn't be surprised if another piece in the Flash set gives something to Central City pieces. See, when I look at this guy, my first thought is, if I play police teams consistently, I want one. Like, it's not that I'm going to use him every time or anything And we like do. That. We play police yeah. teams pretty This is a piece I would want to own as someone who plays police teams. All right, fine. I see you trying <laughs> to cock block me. Well, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to... You're gonna, not going to pick my last one? I'm going to go with what I actually would pick. Which one am I? I see you trying to look at my sheet. <laughs> I'm going to go with Golden Glider, even though we've already talked about her, so I won't go too in-depth. I like her. But this is the Golden Glider we spoiled a few weeks back, and I really, I just really like this dial. Maybe I'm biased because I really like the character, too. I like a lot all the rogues, though, as most people do. 100-point um, end on wild card alone right I think there, she's just... With an 18-top She's dial. just great for points. That's all there is to it. I mean, she's 100 points. She has end on and flight. She has... Um, a, Three clicks of Stealth Precision Strike Super Senses Outwit. And then three clicks of Mind Control, a special a- attack power, and uh, that energy shield, and shape change. Good. And really, the, the attack power is where her potential goes through the roof. Is She gets poison, and at the beginning of your turn, choose an adjacent opposing character. All damage dealt to that character this turn is penetrating. You don't have to outwit it. You don't have to... It doesn't matter whether it's... You know, got some kind of special power unless it has something that says it can't. It treats treats penetrating as normal, which only like two or three figures in the entire game of Heroclix have. Like Dark Side's like the only one off the top of my head I can think of. Like you're not getting around that. Yeah. And the thing is, like when you look at this piece, you're, think of it in gameplay perspective. Okay, she's got stealth. She's a little bit of a range piece, a little she's bit. She's going to be an anno- annoying as hell at the start. Yeah, park her in some hindering, and an opponent charged her and hit her for four and got through your super senses 18. Well, now she's all of a sudden making this target, and so everyone's going to nuke the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, these colossuses. And her poison will be penetrating yeah, to it. These colossuses and figures like that that are really big on... Oh, that's the other thing to note about the damage dealt is penetrating. That's going to persist. So if they take damage, they're still going to keep taking penetrating damage. Whereas Outwit, if you if you Outwit an Impervious and it goes to Invol, then all of a sudden you're upset because you just wasted, practically, an Outwit, you feel like. I like it. You know, we talked about it. You, you Parker close to some one of your opponents, you start pinging them with Precision Strike and Outwitting their stuff, and they're going to have to come at you. And then she's a wild card on top of that. So, I mean, I really like it. Good keywords too, rogues and secret society supervillains. So I think solid choice. I'm happy I with her. I think that's the only thing that keeps her from being absolutely amazing to me is if she had a generic keyword. I don't know what she has. Yeah, I don't know what would even fit her. But though. that would put her through the roof if she had a good generic. What's your number three, Mr. Um, Blocker? Well, I don't know how much I would use him. I really like Ragdoll in this. Just because I love characters that once they die, permanently screw over an opponent. And he's not a bad dial for 50 points. 
Um, Ragdoll, he's only keyword is super, uh, Secret Society of Supervillains. Have they talked about how that's going to loop back with all the other society keywords and crap like that? Because there's like 50 different... Um, seems to me they've been shying away from just the plain... Well, let's see what they gave Gentleman Ghost. Because I want to say they've been shying away... I thought they gave him both or something like that. I want to say they've been shying away from just society and they've been putting secret society and blah, 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 blah. They gave them both. Okay, that's good. It seems to me they've been trying to go with the secret society of supervillains and not really putting society on anything. Yeah, they haven't put society on hardly anything lately. Yeah, since like Superman. Basically. And it seems like in Flash, the two characters that do have it, it's secret society of supervillains. But I don't okay. know. We'll see. Well, no, that I wish that I get where you're you're hinting at though. I wish they would make a choice and stick with it and ignore the other. Yeah, um, basically Ragdoll is a 50 point figure, 2 range, um, top dial he's stealth, uh, 8 movement, 10 attack, no attack power, 16 defense combat reflexes, and a special damage power with only 1 damage. Um, the thing is, for 50 points, this figure is not one you're taking for your damage though, you're taking him for his trait. When he's KO'd by an opponent's attack, that character modifies his attack value by negative 2 for the rest of the game. And the other... It doesn't have it here, but it does say uh, even if this power is lost or whatever on the other spoiler I saw. So, I mean, like, and then he drops down, he takes sidestep, plasticity, a little bit of exploit in the middle, so if you do want to deal some damage with him. Um, but his top click, he has a special damage power of outweighed exploit leadership. I mean, 50 points for a solid outwitter alone. All right. 50 points for a stealth outwitter that has combat reflexes, and if they decide to kill him, completely screws them over. And then down dial plasticity regen, I mean, like, he's solid for 50 points. At first glance, I didn't like him that much. I think it was mainly because I really liked the main set one a lot. Yeah. But I do get... I, I'm starting to like him more as we're sitting here talking about him, just from the pure fact that... That's a long-ass your, <laughs> your Your goal with him is you want to annoy the shit out of the opponent, opponent's yeah. piece. And the thing is, typically, they would just bust you and just kill you and get it over with. And you're like, oh, that sucks, I lost the character, but I just made them waste a couple of turns of actions. Yep. They, in this case, with this character, they don't want to kill you. They're going to be trying to break away. They're going to be wasting time trying to get away from you because they don't want to kill you and take that trait. You know what particularly this figure is good for? Opponents who don't read your cards. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, on top of that, the other thing is... When it comes to secret society teams, low point filler is good for one. Um, there isn't a lot of tie-up pieces. Normally I use Gentleman Ghost's spawn token to tie stuff up. Yeah. So, I mean, this is great. And plasticity, which is always awesome for stopping hypersonic pieces. It's it's For 50 points, I mean, like I'll throw this on a society team from here and there. Uh, next up, I'm going to choose from my last pick. It's, this last pick's a tough choice. Because there's, there's no standouts, there's just a lot of decent ones. Yeah. I'm a, I Actually, I'm going to go with Mob Rule, who we also have talked about on the podcast. Assassin and Spy Cube. I just, I think if the main set one turns out pretty solid, too, that these guys could be really fun, potentially, for like a local local game. Um, they, 40 points, Assassin and Spy keywords, no team ability, but they have a trait, growing our ranks. When this character takes damage from an opponent's attack, roll a d6 after actions resolve. 
On a five to six, you may place adjacent to this character uh, another one of these on number three, which is its best click, by the way. Or a main set mob rule on click number one that appears after the orange KO. And this is crazy. Flurry, precision strike, empower, 16 combat reflexes. mm Spawned every time you take damage. And that Empower, the more you spawn, the more that Empower is really getting used. Especially with Flurry Empower. It's just awesome. So and I'm loving... We're seeing a lot of Spy Keyword. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that, which makes me happy, because that's a generic I've always wanted more of. But the Winter Soldier set really helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and then Assassin's been up, of course, because Deadpool, Winter Soldier, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Now we just need Pirate. Oh, and the uh, Arkham Origins. We did see a couple pirates in Guardians of the Galaxy, but I want more pirates. Well, you're going to get a pirate Oh, the new Deathstroke. Yes! That'll do it for us for the Flash Primer. Overall, it's not bad. It's it's one of the better ones we've had lately. Those Flashes both seem really fun, and there's a couple good pieces in here. I think if you're going to play Rogues, I think that Captain Boomerang is a must-have, in my opinion. No, I definitely. And like agree. Austin said, if you're playing police or scientists, either one of those is a pick, good one just to have one of. Pick up one of the Central City captains or one of the Argus researchers. And that's the one thing I do like about the generics from this set. While I love the power generics we saw out of like the Nowhere Soldiers and Teen Titans, where you want a ton of them, these are finessey pieces you want one of to supplement a good generic team. Like even the Gorilla City Commander is not like terrible or anything, but like if you're playing a Gorilla City team. Not yeah. bad for 85 points. Yeah, I I like him. I just didn't want to make him one of my top threes. Yeah, he, no, I agree. he just missed the cut for me. Um, let's move into the community section. Dial Design, we had a new winner this month. It was Zarg, who's been in some competitions with us before, but never take never gotten a win. He beat Renocon by one point, kept Renocon from uh, becoming three times? Three times, I think. It was close. That, this one was probably the closest uh, month because, like, ev- between each week, the scores were, like, different people were in first, second, and third. And then uh, Zar got a, a really good score on his Satan dial for, uh, or Lucifer. I don't remember if it's called Satan or Lucifer. I think it's Satan. But uh, if you guys want to check that out and see what all got turned in this past week, you can go to the link in the podcast description to our dial design contest. We'll be starting up another one. In let's see, we're taking this. We took this week off. I'll probably be posting November's actually on October twenty seventh. I know it's a little early, but that way we get done before Thanksgiving, yeah. and we don't have to worry about it on Thanksgiving around that time. Um, that's in the mailbag. Okay. Um, cool. New schedule. I wanted to real quickly. We wanted to talk about how we will be switching our podcast to a slightly new schedule. We, you guys are probably used to, I don't know, I mean, I would say most of you are probably used to listening to us on Sunday or Monday. We typically have been recording these on Saturdays, Saturday nights, uh, and then, you know, posting it and, and finalizing everything by Sunday. What we will actually be having to do for a while is recording on, was it Tuesday night we decided? I believe so. We'll be recording on Tuesday nights instead and then posting by Wednesday, and that's because Drew has to have a new work schedule for a little while, and so... He's going in the witness protection program. Instead, he slept with a uh, drug boss's wife. That and, sounds like uh, something Drew would do. Found out some, uh, you know, there's a little pillow talk going on. He found out some secrets he wasn't supposed to be privy to, 
and uh, I like it. the pussy got him in trouble, as in typical Drew faction. So he, you know, we have to switch things up for him to keep him alive. You know, we, we like to keep our buddy alive. Yeah, we like to do that. So I, you know, we can switch the podcast date around. That's not a big deal. It's very minor compared to sleeping with a drug boss's wife yes. and having him try to kill you. So Tuesdays we'll be recording. From now on, so if you want to send us questions, make sure you guys send them by by Tuesday during the day. Um, that way, they'll make it on the podcast by Tuesday nights. And then, like I said, I'll try to have these up on Tuesday night or on Wednesday at some point. Um, that'll be our new schedule until we make a new announcement. We'd like to eventually get back to our old schedule, but for now, that's what it's going to be um, until Drew's work schedule gets until the drug boss gets killed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it takes a long time. You got. I mean, he still has to be tried in court. You know, go through death row, all that good stuff. It's going to take a while. Um, I guess. We'll, I guess that'll do it till we get into mailbag. Let's let's get into some mailbag before we do best build. Actually, let's do best build. I like to finish with mailbag like because mailbag, mailbag is my favorite part of the podcast. I have to agree here. Quick, Unless some little bastard on this podcast submits a question about can chili one more time. We may or may not have a chilly email this week. <laughs> so, for best build, I know it's only October 23rd or whatever the hell it is. But we're going to go ahead and give you but Hunter, it's the, the, ass- the assignment. <laughs> the, ass- the assignment for uh, November. Again, this is so you have time to build the team and submit it to us. And also so that we can get everything resolved before around Thanksgiving time so we have less things to do around the Thanksgiving holiday break. Because we're already going to be wasting so much time around that. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Black Saturday, Black mm-hmm. Sunday. So here's what we're going to go with for November. Halloween Heroclix event. So you're going to build a 500-point Golden Age team. You can have figures... ATAs and relics on your team only. You cannot have entity possessions, no resources, no battlefield conditions, no feats. And entities, of course, includes Black Hand because as thematic as he is here, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And no possession, no, no entity possession. possession period, I guess I should say. Because um, as much as I would love to play Black Hand for the, you could play normal Black Hand though, couldn't you? Or are they banned? No, you can play it normally. Yeah. Okay, so you can play any entity normally. No you just entity can't possession. Five hundred point silver age, or sorry, five hundred point golden age team, and ATAs and relics allowed. Nothing else allowed. For a figure to be legal, it must fit one of these two options. Option A is you make sure it has one of the qualifying qualifying keywords, which are monster, animal, kid, or teen. So if your figure has any of those, it's automatically legal for the event. The other way that you can be a legal figure, besides having the keywords, is you can have at least two of these colors showing on your dial. Orange, black, and yellow. Now you can have two black, and that'll be fine. I decided to open it up, make it a little easier. So you can have two oranges on your top click. Stealth Steel Energy or... Well, you went at, what, what kind of sucks is Steel Energy and Regen are never on top click. Um, because Outwit and Stealth can be, though. Outwit and Stealth, though, is, is a pretty popular one. I was going through today. Um, Pulse Wave Outwit is the one you see a lot. Energy Explosion Outwit, Energy Explosion Stealth. Phasing Outwit, Phasing, Energy Explosion. There's a lot of combinations. 
Phasing Battle Fury. Um, so if you have... <laughs> God, I can't think of a piece that has that. <laughs> if at least two of your squares on your opening click have orange, black, or yellow, then you're good. So those are the two ways that a figure can be legal. Um, that's about it. And then all, when we play, all figures will get a shape change, but only on a six. And that kind of represents, you know, they're wearing their their Halloween costume or whatever. So I'll also type all this out. I'll put it on Reddit. I'll put it on HD Realms. Um, I'll also try to remember to put it on our Facebook page. So if you guys want to see it all written out and have it in your head and then when you build these teams. But if you haven't competed, all you do is you build a team that is legal for this event and you send it to us at dial h for hero clicks um, at gmail.com. And then we take all of your submissions from Gmail, Reddit, and HC Realms. And then we, we fight to the death over them. That's true. And then we fight to the death with them. That's really where Drew is. And we're going to have to resurrect him for Halloween because we wanted a zombie. Are you making confessions on an audio document (laughs) for the court? My lawyer says a podcast isn't a legally binding document. (laughs) So all you do is build the team and submit it to us. Easy as that, totally free. You have a chance to win six custom poker chips. Um, Are you going to talk about the bonus thing we're doing with this too? With the candy probs? No, I didn't want to add okay. more stuff to it, but we can talk about it when we wrap. When we yeah, we'll wrap. When it we recap it, we'll talk about that. So let's get into some mailbag. Here's the mail. It never makes me want to wag my tail. God, it's I my head all damn down. Ethan Jacobs says. Uh, so last week we talked about uh, emotional spectrums. We did. We talked about. I thought that was two weeks ago. Shh. <laughs> They don't know it was too easy. Last week, oh yeah, we Last talked about week. emotional spectrums and we gave advice on what pieces are good with what emotional spectrums. And our biggest one we were excited as hell about was Absorbing Man with the blue emotional spectrum. Oh man, I love that. I, I saw that combo. I was like, yeah! Then Ethan Jacobs had to send me an email and ruin my couldn't leave fun. us in our ignorance. And he, all it says is 103 Absorbing Man got errated so his defense can't be re-rolled. So he didn't link me to anything or anything. So I had to do some investigating. But I did find a post. And actually, I should have pulled it up already, but I'll pull it up real quick. So I did find a post on the WizKids, their new system. And it's not in question to the blue battery. It was actually in question to, absorbing to Rocket Raccoon and Absorbing Man. There's the Rocket Raccoon now that lets you re-roll any one re-roll. Uh, it's uh, the Tactical Genius Supreme. That's me. I think it's a super, it's a super rare version, yeah. Um, once per turn, when Rocket Raccoon is within range and line of fire of a character for which a roll is made, you may ignore the roll and have it re-rolled. Someone asked if those two powers could work together, if he could make Absorb Man re-roll his roll. And the WizKids rules team said, Absorbing Man's Uru Metal Effect cannot be re-rolled this is a pending errata so while it's not officially in a player's guide yet so it wouldn't be this is how no well i don't know i will say this much i talked to terry the head rules guy for the rocs because i wanted to know if this came up uh at our big event this saturday how should i rule it he said if it's on the whisk system like this then it's in effect for all rocks so basically i would go ahead and consider this as as were right now. So well, basically, from now on, Absorbing Man's Uru Metal cannot be re-rolled, and it, this will be added to the next player's guide that they There goes on. my Rocket Raccoon Absorbing Man Double Possessor Blue Power Battery Team. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. The bus should about. I, I thought I had it. It's not my fault, man. I thought I had it. It's not my fault. Shannon M. sent us a Gmail. I think he did. Make sure I didn't delete it. There it is. <laughs> Suppose I am running a chase. Is there another rules question? Suppose I am running a chase zombie with their zombie hunger power. When a, so he's bringing up uh, Electro for the example. You want to read that while I pull up the... Uh... Zombie hunger. When Electro damages an opposing character, place a food token on his card if there are five less than five food tokens. When Electro would be KO'd by an opponent's attack, turn it to its first KO click, remove all food tokens, and heal it that many clicks. Okay, so his question is, if you had a zombie... That has the Mystic's ability by giving him the Star Sapphire Ring, which yeah. is the easy way. If I kill you, and if, if, if you're playing Zombie Electro and I hit you, I have to take Mystic's damage before the action resolves. Yep. You get KO'd before the action resolves. Whenever you deal damage to me, you get a token that keeps you alive, that brings you back to life. Is the Mystic's team ability you considered you dealing damage to me, therefore creating a never-ending loop of <laughs> Electra of zombies not being able to be killed? You know, I, I get where he's going. I get what he's saying. So basically, if you gave a zombie Mystic the Mystic's team ability, would they basically be unable to be killed except for something that ignores Mystics like Poison or Pulse Wave? Um, the answer, this was actually... On uh, HD Realms, it's on the or, no, sorry, system. not on HD Realms, on uh, the WizKid system, is that the active player would get to choose the order that they trigger in. Which that's usually how it is when multiple effects mm -hmm. are triggered at the same time. So you can choose that the KO happens before the the Mystics is taken. Therefore, they wouldn't get the token yet from the Mystics, and they would already be KO'd. So basically, the offensive player is going to get to choose, and so it's not really going to work. Um, in the way that you thought it would work. And then... Uh, but to answer the other part of your question, they do say that Mystic's damage caused by zombies using the team ability does in fact result in food and virus tokens. So if... I thought it was an attack, though. So if you were... Or does it just say dealt deal damage? It, it Well, really the question is, if, if the Mystic's... If my character's Mystic's deals damage to you, is that considered my character dealing damage to you? Or is it separate since the team ability is oh, what, I see what you're saying. Causes. Yeah. But they are saying that it would count. You would get a food token. So if your Electro was on top click and he only got hit for two or three and then the attacker takes the Mystic's damage, that Mystic's damage does get you a zombie token, just so you know. So for future reference. I mean, regardless, Star Sapphire is a great power battery to run with them. Um, let's see. We have one from Facebook from Jason M., on our messages. I think this was also a rules question. Jason Morgan? Oh, so Jason Morgan, this was actually a, a little over a week ago. So he was asking advice on a colossal battle he had coming up, and he listed the one in particular, but I thought it would be good for us to riff for just a couple minutes on some general advice on how to the best ways to take down a Colossal. So if you know you have an event coming up at your venue where you're going to be facing a Colossal, what are some things that generally do well against Colossals? 
So let's go with the obvious one that yeah. is Mystics. I was going to say freaking that uh, Reed Richards that on his last click has that and some shenanigan. That if you're lucky it. as all No, hell. no, no. There's, there's ways you could get him onto it. I mean, like, isn't there a way? It's either the Entity or something like that gives them a stop click on their last click or something like that. Entities don't give stop clicks. It wasn't. Then what was it? You can't give them stop clicks. If you get lucky as all hell, which I I was in a game that this happened. You could play the Chase Mister Fantastic, who I'm actually playing, uh, coming up pretty soon at the dugout. His very last click, which does not have a stop click on it, so you'd have to happen to get on to click number seven. But you give him a power action, choose an opposing character within eight squares line of fire. And deal one unavoidable damage to that character for each 100 points of its point value. So if you're playing a 1,000-point Galactus, you can deal at 10 unavoidable. Yeah, we definitely... I was playing in a Colossal Battle, and it was 2v1, and my teammate did this to deal 36 unavoidable to a Galactus. That was pretty interesting. Um, or what was it? What's Galactus's top point value? Is it 36? I don't think it's quite that high, but we'll see. To Galactus! Who knows it could be. 18. Hmm. Okay, 18 clicks to two of them. Yeah, he's got a 9, 3, and a 6. Um, yeah, you could get lucky as hell, but in general. <laughs> you're going to want the Mystic's team ability because oh, most right. Colossals don't ignore it. I know Starro does. There may be one or two other ones that Colander do. Does. But for the most part, they don't, ignore Col- they don't ignore Mystic's, and that's an easy, guaranteed damage way. Once again, Star Sapphire Power Battery, or Power Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anything that gives you Mystic's, Hydra and police, of course, are very good because you're shooting at something that's four stories tall, so you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about line of fire. You can circle things up really well. And and on top of that, it's easy to get three of them because of that. Because yeah. you can have your attacker parked behind a big clump of police, and he can still see up to shoot the colossal. Yep. Um, so Hydra and police are things that generally help. Shield can help a little bit in the same way. Uh, you want to... Any power that makes an opponent take penetrating, like that golden glider is a good one. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, any, she would be really good. Any power that a specific enemy for any reason takes... A, uh, penetrating poison is probably another good one. That was going to be my next one. So that's what I told him. Um, we now have the red lanterns that have guaranteed red uh, penetrating poison. And while the Galacti- while the Colossal could kill one or two at a time... It's gonna, if you rush three or four up, it's gonna take some from oh, yeah. it. And the good thing about poison is that it triggers one at a time. So, I mean, it's gonna eat through even stop clicks. They take one, go to stop click, take another one, go past. Like, poison doesn't trigger all at the same time. It's each individual character. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't take into account for the vast majority of colossal characters you're fighting, they're going to have ways to get through your imperv, your invul, stuff like that. Mm. Um, invincible particularly is very good, but so is super senses. Ways to dodge. Ways to dodge are way more effective than reducers against And I colossals. would say against colossal shape change is much less effective than it is against normal figures because they'll just retarget somebody else. And they can see your whole team. Yeah, so they huge. can just pick somebody else. Super senses. But super senses is huge. Energy shield can help. Because um, they're God. almost always shooting at you. Any figure that grants energy shield to all adjacent characters. Yep. Um, we used to always run 75-point Doctor Strange whenever we played Colossals yep. just because of that. Or you would play them if you're playing the Colossal to give your Colossal energy um, shield. Power Cosmic Eaters are good. Um, there's a couple different characters. Uh, Bat mm-hmm. Belt's really good, actually, in this case. Um, just strip them of their team ability. Anything... Let's see... 
Lots of penetrating damage. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> the thing is, a lot of them have... Bring a couple people with Psychic Blast and a couple people with Exploit, because I've noticed in general, a lot of Colossals ignore one of the two. Yep. They they usually, they almost always ignore Mind Control, but they usually ignore either Psychic Blast or Exploit <clears throat> Weakness. And a lot of them ignore Outwit, so I wouldn't even worry about Outwit either. Yeah. So Ways to Dodge, defensively, and then offensively, Police, Mystics, Hydra, those kind of things, uh, and then Penetrating Poison. Those are the best ways to go these days. Uh, do, 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 do. That does it for Facebook. We have a couple more Gmail. Shannon M. I don't think I read his yet. Or, we just did his. Yeah, you just did his. Did I do Jesse R? I don't think so. Don't think. Don't think we did. So, Jesse Robertson. Um, had this had this come up in a game. How would War of Light Swamp Thing interact with the net construct? So, let's bring those up so that we can read them for you guys. Good, because I have no idea what either of those really do. So, when he's talking about Swamp Thing, all he's actually referring to is just the fact, basically, that Swamp Thing ignores hindering terrain on movement. Um, he has improved movement, ignores hindering. So, we'll bring him up. Oh, yeah, it's this. Okay, never mind, I remember this one. And then he's talking about the net construct. So, the net construct places two hindering terrain. It's use smoke cloud as a free action, but only to place two squares of hindering terrain. Characters occupying these squares must break away if not already required to do so. So, what he's asking is, if my Swamp Thing ignores hindering terrain... Would it have to break away from the net because the net is hindering terrain? My answer is yes, he would still have to break away. Because it's two separate things. The smoke cloud is putting down the two squares of hindering terrain. But because this also in a separate sentence is stipulating, characters occupying these squares must break away if not already required to do so. This is a you, you, you don't have to... Br- Hindering never requires you to break away. Yeah. And ignoring hindering just means you're not going to be hindered when you move through it. You're 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 going to treat it like it's not there. But you're not ignoring the whole effect. Yeah, you're, you're not ignoring You're this. not ignoring the net. The the hindering terrain squares are not what's making you break away. It's the effect of the net that's making you break away basically. So you would still have to break away. And even if you ignored characters, yep, it's only, improved movement, ignored characters, you would still have to break away. The only thing that wouldn't would be if you had automatically succeeds at breakaway. Yep. And then you'd also get bonuses too, like Leap Climb and Hypersonics bonuses, wouldn't you? Because it's just you have to break away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd get your pluses and all that stuff. Um, I think we had one more. Yeah, Nicholas Boyle... Who's written this stuff before to make sure it's a new one. Not an old one, but I'm pretty sure. Give us a new one. Oh, so he had brought up... This is a guy who brought up a few weeks ago that... He was having trouble when he brought, when he brought up our podcast on iTunes... Um, saying that it we there's an error with Mevio. And we were like, we don't even use Mevio. We use Podbean. And he was saying that he has figured it out... That it only does this whenever he uses the home iTunes version, basically the one on his computer, and not the one on his phone. Which hmm. would explain why the error doesn't happen for me, because I only use iTunes on my phone, and I don't use it on my computer hardly ever. I don't use iTunes, so... 
Regardless, I've contacted um, Apple to ask them why it would be giving that on anything. They say they have no idea um, why it would be happening, but they're also not the most knowledgeable or helpful people in the world. Um, Honestly, what and he so or go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say from a computer tech standpoint, I have no idea what Mivio is. I don't know if it's a it's a hosting website. A okay, file hosting website. Never mind then. I was going to say, if it's White not file. something that he knows exactly what it is, it could be spyware, it could be malware, it could be something like that. Oh, that's true. Well, let's check. Let's see what maybe it is. Let's do a little investigation. Wikipedia! Let's give my computer some uh, malware malware by accident. Actually, this computer probably has so much, it doesn't even fucking matter. The way. Right there, Apple support top one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, actually, top... <laughs> Top link is what is Mevio? I'm suddenly need to log into Mevio to get my podcast. Uh, feed hosted. It just it sounds like Podbean. It's another site where people host yeah. podcasts. So I I don't know why it's coming up like that. Obviously, it's something on their end. But Nick was saying he'll have to wait wait till they go up on YouTube and check them out on YouTube. Actually, Nick, I would say go just go to our Podbean website. Go to dial H four hero clicks all one word. Dollage for HeroClicks.podbean.com. That's our main website. Yep. It has every single... It's the only place you can go to get every single episode of our podcast because I think on, on the phone version, it pulls. It only keeps like your most recent 50 or so. I don't know. And we have... And we're over 50 now. We have a lot. We're 67. A, we're old. And B, we never miss a week. I feel really old. So... We're old men playing with action figures, Hunter. Go to our... Man, don't remind me, man. <laughs> 26, man. Talking to a bunch of people on the internet. That's how we're spending our Saturdays now. We're, we can't be that old <laughs> if we know how to use the internet, though. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because there's some old ladies that know how to navigate Google at my work. <laughs> yeah, but for every one of those, there's like 250 that are like our grandma that can't even open their email. email. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's just we're so impressed by the one that knows how to text halfway decently <laughs> that 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 stays in our mind. So that's going to wrap it up for us this week. We will be back next week with the full format. And hopefully with Drew. With Mr. Sexy Drew Allerson. I know you missed his sexy suave voice. And we will be recording on Tuesday next week. Like I said, we'll get to our new format. We'll recap The Rock for you. Actually, we may do that. May be our topic. We may talk about the super what qualifier. we saw at the super qualifier and kind of what that gives us for impressions on the meta. Because from now until for another like four or five months, really the only big tournaments we're going to have are the big ROC events, the big super Qs, and all those qualifiers they you just mean, announced. You mean regional, not super qualifier, right? For the one that's here, it's or sorry, regional. the one we're region, we're, the one we're doing is a regional. But over the next four or five months, all the there there is no there's no Gen Con, there's no Origins, there's yep. no nothing like that. Um, all the the only big events that will be happening are the ROCs. There's they just announced that big line of all the regionals that they're going to be doing, mm-hmm. and then we have all the super queues that are already on the docket. So this will give us a good idea. I've never heard that word before. It's like your um, it's like your schedule. It's like your your schedule of events. If I had a dollar for every time I had to pull out my phone and Google something. <laughs> <laughs> so it that yeah, I think this is going to be the first huge tournament, and it's especially the first huge one post War of Light. Oh yeah, and it's going and post land. Most importantly, post Lantern. Uh, all the lanterns being out. 
Yeah, being and legal. that's that's honestly that's what I'm most one. excited about. Because if our, lo- I mean, our local RC isn't exactly a great like reference point. Yeah, we don't play super competitive meta stuff. When all we're that talking often. a regional that people are actually going to drive out for, I mean, we're potentially look. This will be a very good view of the meta for the next few mm-hmm. months. So we will have a lot to talk about, and it it's going to be very interesting to see what happens post. Or sorry, with no entities and no tactics. But that's going to, like I just said, that's going to be the format for all the big events for the next, like, four months. So it is something to be talked about and thought about, so we will be going up. We'll go over that next week. I'm going to go ahead and say it's mostly going to be Green Lanterns with Constructs. Okay. Because they're not considered tactics, and they're really stinking good. Yeah. I mean, John Stewart's a boss. The new Kyle Rayner... My God, I guarantee you we're going to see a lot of the new Kyle Rayner. Um, especially with something defensive on him, like the decoy or the shield. The Yeah, the shield or something. Um, they're all, honestly, they're all pretty dang good. Yeah. So, and we got the sniper rifle now that, that is easily accessible. I sniper think we'll rifle. still see some Despotellas too. Oh, for sure. Despotellas is still going to be a big player because, and really. Honestly, the. It, the he will probably be the most commonly played That's figure. That's my guess. Um, out of all of them. Like, if we had to say which one will be on the most teams, Despotelis is probably What else would really be... Bizarro's not really in the running, is he? Yeah, he'll be in there. Because he doesn't need... He doesn't necessarily need tactics to succeed. True. You know what I mean? And Pharaoh, there's, there's ways to get him healing without him, too. He doesn't need healing, though. Because, honestly, um, Pharaoh's gonna be out there, of course. Uh... Docket's typically used in a list form when it's repenting for legal cases. What else we got? I think I think the big one is Despotellus and the, the Lanterns. I agree. With the Constructs. Because we've talked about before, when you have a format that modifiers aren't readily available in... And you have a way to get modifiers. And you have a way to easily guarantee get modifiers, like the energy shield, like the net, or the uh, shield, and stuff like that. Like, when you have a way to get easy changeable advantages like that it, it usually becomes very 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 advantageous I want to see a Sarah Rainmaker make meta I got you a Sarah Rainmaker yesterday yes we were talking about that this weekend because like that piece especially with the rock rules where the maps don't have stuff like that on Pacific so Ocean so the ocean free action water bar- and it has to stay water free action barrier on ocean every turn enemies move half speed and already. there's no theme teams so you don't care that it's not a theme team yeah. with her and Pharaoh who knows Austin somebody may be listening to this somebody. podcast somebody may play Sarah Rain Maker and I <laughs> Oh my That's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I, I'm i super psyched to see what happens. Hopefully we see some of you guys this Saturday. You come out and say hi to us. We'll all be sporting our Dial H shirts. Okay. I may even bring the few, uh, the couple extras that I have for sale and sell those. Maybe we'll put them like $10 only. We'll sell them out on the street corner because they won't let us sell them in the vendor. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.